Hey everyone, this is Edie Talbert, your breast friend, and this is my podcast. Be sure to subscribe so we can get the new episodes to you each week. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, which is my favorite, and let's become breast friends. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, Your Breast Friend. I am your host, Edie Talbert, and today my guest is Kelly. Kelly and I met when her husband was diagnosed with cancer. He joined one of my very first support groups, and then I met Kelly. And then Kelly was so um, instrumental as a caregiver. I looked at her for advice for how she was caring for Joe, how she took the bull by the horns, if you will, um, and just really helped Joe navigate his cancer experience. So, Kelly, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, Tell us first a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, I'm a native Floridian, and I've mm -hmm. been actually in Oklahoma since 1979, so this is home for me. Okay. I've been married for almost 22 years, Okay. and uh, I'm an executive assistant. I've been an executive assistant for about 43 years now. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me... um, Let's start with Joe's diagnosis. Talk. Let's talk about that and how you um, were thrown into the caregiver world. Okay. Um, Joe was 51 years old when uh-huh. he was diagnosed, and we actually thought he had um, food poisoning. So uh-huh. uh, just, you know, things weren't working the way that they were supposed to. So he was due, is actually past due on his colonoscopy. So we went ahead and made an appointment and had a colonoscopy done. And they found uh, a tumor in his colon during that colonoscopy. And he um, went through surgery and we found out he was actually stage three colon cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And so did you go to Joe's, I'm sure you took him to his colonoscopy because you can't drive for that. Did he receive the news that day? Yes. Okay. During the colonoscopy, actually... Um, as soon as it was over, I received the news before he even woke up from Ooh. the anesthetic. Okay. Um, the doctor came in and, and had, we love his GI, but he has terrible bedside manner. <laughs> and he literally just said, doesn't look good. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, awesome. And then he had to repeat it again, of course, um, <laughs> once Joe woke up from the anesthesia. And uh, yeah, wait, we were actually very blessed, though, because his GI specialist was um, very good and on the ball to get him right to a surgeon. And his surgeon was very good to get him right to an oncologist. So it moved really fast for us. Um, a lot of people, it doesn't move that quickly. Um, but we we were very lucky in that way. And and as the person thrown into the caregiver role, how, how what were your feelings? Can you Can you remember back to how you felt at that point? Uh, well, of course, you know, initially I was devastated uh-huh. uh, and scared because uh-huh. I'd never dealt with anyone that had cancer before uh-huh. other than Joe's dad, but I really didn't have a lot of involvement with uh-huh. his dad. Um, so it was it was frightening uh-huh. to begin uh-huh. with, but my organizational skills uh-huh. kind of took over and kicked in. And uh, and probably yeah, now that I think about it, going back, I probably overdid it just a little bit. No, but uh, we uh, we just jumped right in, and and I 
I knew I had to take care of him and I knew what I wanted him to do was to focus 100% on getting better. And I didn't want him to have to focus on anything else. So yeah. um, we were in a position where he was able to, uh, he he was self-employed, so he was able to work when he needed to or wanted to. Mm -hmm. We really didn't need him to work. Mm -hmm. So he could really just stop what he was doing and put all of his effort into going through surgeries and chemos and healing and all those things. Um, it was scary, <laughs> but at the time, I don't know, I'm I'm a type A personality anyway. So at the time- This I, is why we get along. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of pushed it off to the side and, uh -huh. and I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought. Okay. Um, I just knew that I needed him to be as organized as possible. And okay. he's not the most organized person. Um, so when it came to medical records and doctor's appointments and, you know, keeping track of everything that might be going wrong during his treatments, um, I was the one that was keeping all the lists and making sure we were staying on top of everything. And that was one of the things I wanted to touch on. What were the things that you helped Joe keep track of? And I know um, his appointments and all of that was one of them. What else do you remember that you helped navigate? Well, that first he he went through 12 rounds of chemo after okay. colon surgery. And the scary part for me was not knowing how it was going to affect his body. <laughs> so I was really anal retentive about making sure we were taking his temperature and his blood pressure multiple times a day. And I was keeping track of it as we were going along. So I had a big write on giant calendar on the wall and I just walked up to it every day and wrote down, you know, each time that we recorded all that information. So if we saw anything happening that shouldn't necessarily be happening, we could just pick up the phone and call. Um, I did a lot of research, a lot of okay. research on what kind of foods would be better for him to eat and what to expect from his chemo ahead of time. Um, I think that that's so important because it's frightening to walk into chemotherapy the very first time. You have mm -hmm. no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> the thought of poison going into your loved yes. one's bodies is is scary enough. Yeah. But I think if you can if you can get past the the fear uh -huh. and the fear that's out there on Dr. Google, you got to yes. stay away from Dr. Google and yes. actually find real support groups or information that's that's legit and not oh. just trying to scare you. Um, I think it, it will help a lot. For us, that was Colon Town. Colon Town is a top secret private Facebook group. Good. That the only people that can join it are patients or caregivers uh -huh. of patients with colon cancer. And they were amazing. I Good. mean, they, that was a lifeline I could not have done without. Okay. So you joined Colon Town. Are there any other resources out there? I know you mentioned nutrition and we talk about this all the time. It's so important to make sure that you're feeding your body those things yeah. that will keep it healthy enough to receive the tra treatment and maximize the treatment. What some of those things that you used as resources? Um, we had actually the option to speak with a nutritionist at Good. our cancer center. Mm -hmm. um, and that was part of the we went to chemo class and they taught us everything about the chemo and then we went to the cancer the went to the nutritionist and she was a great help she she really um let us know what kinds of things you know high protein and uh things for energy and 
what to stay away from as well. Um, one of, unfortunately, one of the things that happened to Joe when he was in treatment is that he became diabetic. He right. was not diabetic ahead of time, uh-huh. but they fill you full of steroids and they fill you full of um, fluids that have basically sugar in it. And yeah. his his sugar, unfortunately, went off the charts. Um, so it was a little harder managing his, his nutritional input because of the diabetes. And that happened probably by the sixth treatment, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. So... And did you know prior to that, that that was a side effect of no. what he was? Re- yes. So see, that's that's something that that's why that that calendar on the wall, uh-huh. all the things, tracking all the things, monitoring his health at home. Those are the things. And how did you catch the diabetes? How did how did you figure that out? We were in treatment with it when one day in treatment uh-huh. and the nurse came up right before they started and said, well, honey, you're awful sweet today. And of course, I was like, don't tell him that. He doesn't mean a big head. She said, no. It's big enough. It's yeah, big, big enough. enough. Said, no, seriously, it's it, his sugar is off the chart. And when I say off the chart, it was over 600, which is a ridiculous number. Yes. Um, like a go to the hospital, probably, yeah. number. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's how we learned about it. And we immediately had to make an appointment with his PCP and figure out... Uh, how to get him on insulin quickly so he could keep doing what he was doing because uh-huh. the option to stop the treatment wasn't there. Wasn't he, there. Had, he had to finish those chemos. So yeah. um, that was in and of itself a scary time. Um, yeah. and, and to this day, he is almost four years out. He's still diabetic. Yeah. He's yeah. still on insulin. So those are some of the things that we need to really um, mention is that you need to pay attention to the side effects of the type of, of treatment that you're receiving, especially chemo. And yes. of course, they're going to be monitoring it at the hospital, hopefully, where you're receiving your treatment. The cancer center should be monitoring that. They should um, be. Yeah, they should be. Yeah. And so but you need to you need to make sure you need to yes. make sure be your own advocate. So let's let's talk a little bit about what it's like to be a caregiver. Give me some of the Give me this, some of the 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 um, things that you walk through as a caregiver. Um, first word that comes to mind is exhausting. Okay. Yes. Uh, and stressful. Uh-huh. Um, I think the hardest thing for me was being the healthy one in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe's always been really good about taking care of me, and mm-hmm. I've had you know a good amount of surgeries in our in our marriage in our lifetime, mm-hmm. and. Um, it, it never had I had to take care of him, really. Yeah. Um, so the stress of keeping down a job and making sure all the bills are paid and making sure the house is kept up um, is hard. And I learned really quickly that you had to accept help from whoever wanted to Good. give it to you. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, it's a lot of us, especially type A personalities, we want to do it ourselves. Uh-huh. We don't want somebody coming in our house and doing our laundry and uh-huh. mopping our floors and cleaning our bathrooms. But if you can ask and yeah. if someone's offering, let them. And most of the time people will say things like, oh, whatever you need. Don't wait for them to come back to you. Just say, well, I could really use this and yeah. let them do it. Yes. I think that was the hardest thing for me was to... Let go of that control, and it took me a long time uh-huh. to do that because it is—it's exhausting, and you don't want to show your emotion in front right. of in front of your loved one. 
Right. Spend a lot of time crying in your car and oh. in the shower and uh-huh. at work and things like that. But, um, I, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think you realize until you're in the middle of it, how much uh-huh. time and dedication and energy it's going to take. Yes. And I think, I think for caregivers, I think it is being vulnerable during that time and saying, I could really use somebody to come over and clean my kitchen and my bathrooms. I mean, and, and yeah. mowing the lawn. I mean, the guys are the ones that usually mow the lawn. So, you know, how are you getting that done? Um, changing the oil in your car. Is that something that needs to be done? So just, just making a list of those things. And then when people offer, you say, well, these are the things that I have on my list that I haven't yes. had time to get to. So again, add that to your list and keep uh-huh. it handy. So that when, cause that's the people's love language. They might not know what to say or what to do. But be be very vulnerable and let them help you during this time because it is yeah. very stressful. It is very exhausting. It is. To... It is. And you know, cancer cancer teaches you really quickly who's going to stick around and who isn't. Yes. A lot of people will, especially you know, a lot of your close friends. Yeah. They they are there for the initial diagnosis for you to cry on their shoulder and for uh-huh. you to say you know for them to say oh I'm so sorry this is happening and then uh-huh. suddenly. As time goes by, they are less and less around. Yeah. And if you yeah. have people that are offering, my gosh, just take them up on it. Yes. And don't feel bad about it because you know what? You're going to pay it forward at some point in time. Yes, exactly. I agree 100%. Can you, can you speak to um, maybe some struggles that you incurred being the caregiver? What types of things did you struggle with? Um, I struggled with talking about it. Uh-huh. Um, I... I kept a lot of it inside. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see a therapist like I probably should have. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a lot of people telling me that I should see a therapist just uh-huh. to get it off my chest. And <laughs> again, I just chose not to. <laughs> Type and, A. Here we are. <laughs> I see one now. Um, uh-huh. I I lost my mom and my dad in the la- within the last year, and I was a care a caregiver with my sister for both of my parents. Yeah. And I recognized in the middle of all of that, that uh-huh. I really did need to be talking to someone. So yeah. I, w- I would say my biggest struggle was not taking good enough care of myself and my uh-huh. mental health. Uh-huh. And I uh, learned and now I do. Yeah. But um, I would recommend anybody, anybody that has to be a caregiver should probably take some time and talk to someone else about it. Yes. Because... You just bottle it up and you forget mm-hmm. how t- how hard it really is. And then when the stress comes, the stress comes. And yeah. it's bad. It's just as important for the caregiver to maintain their physical health, their mental health, yes. their nutrition as well. Because if you don't take care of those three components, it's hard for you to be fully um, effective as a caregiver. And and you you have, I mean, you don't want something to happen to you physically in the process of taking care of someone um, so it's really, really important to maintain those three things. So um, movement, physical movement, seeing a therapist, and and making sure that your diet is is nutritionally sound to keep you healthy, too, is so very important I for agree. our caregivers, 100%. Um, what are some of the rewards, would you say? What are the, some of the things now looking back? Um, what are some of the things that you found that... that that benefit you now based on what you went through? Well, I would say that as far as Joe's concerned, Uh our marriage is stronger than Uh it has ever been. 
Yeah. Um, and I 100% attribute that to what we went through with him. Right. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, we were the only people really that mm -hmm. relied on each other and right. took care of each other. And um, it just it just put us in a place that I I probably thought we already were in. But yes. now I realize mm -hmm. yeah. that, that we are in even a better place today. Yeah, um, much stronger as a couple, much stronger in our faith, much mm -hmm. stronger um, all the way around. Yeah. As far as my parents are concerned, I would say being having the ability to take care of my mom and dad with my sister mm -hmm. uh, was probably the greatest gift I could have mm -hmm. ever been given. Yeah. My parents didn't live here. Um, they moved back here 20 years ago because we said you're getting older and you want to be around your daughters and i'm so thankful that they did that yeah yeah because it happened so fast yes you know? yes and to be able to have spent as much time as we did and it was a lot of time it was every day practically yeah, for yeah. a good two years um to be able to do that with them is it, it's just a gift and i would never have been able to get that time with them and so i'm so thankful for that so do you think that by being joe's caregiver that prepped you for taking care of your mom and dad absolutely absolutely yeah. um i think it it helped me um not worry about the details as much and worry more about the time that we were spending together yeah and making sure that of course it you know it always helps when you've got a little bit of experience dealing with the medical community and yeah. you have to be your own best advocate. And then yeah. I was able to be that person for my mom and my dad. Uh -huh. um, and I knew what to do already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I'd already yes. walked it with Joe. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was more about the time. Um, I knew what to set aside and not to focus on and what, you know, that the time with them was more important than anything. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that you and Joe are more intentional about things that you do together now after cancer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every what? single day is a gift. Yeah. Um, and and there's no way that, that we're not wasting any time. Um, now, that doesn't mean that we're out vacationing and, you know, going on big trips. But if somebody wants to do that, that's fantastic. I'm just saying that we're not wasting any time with each other because we know how lucky he is. And the fact that, the, which I didn't touch on, a year after he was finished with his chemo, um, the first time he was re-diagnosed and he became stage four. And for someone to actually survive a stage four colon cancer diagnosis when it has infiltrated their liver in the way that it did his yeah, uh, yeah. is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah. Um, he almost died on the table during his liver resection surgery. Uh, and I'm just grateful that he's here. So yeah, we're, we, we definitely live more intentionally now. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. And I, I love it. I, I follow Joe and Kelly on uh, social media and I see that they're very intentional. And I think that that's a good example for the rest of us is that not only do you walk this out and celebrate getting on the other side of it, even though there are post-treatment side effects that that you're going to constantly deal with probably for the rest of your life. But Joe and Kelly are the best example of being intentional about how they're living life after cancer. And I think I think that's um, that's so important is that 
even though we go through a season of cancer, we still have a life to live. So get out there and live it and live it to the best that you can, because um, it's a gift. Just like Kelly said, it's a gift. What else can you think of that you would like to share um, to either support or encourage a caregiver that's out there? Um, I would say if you're if you're caregiving, check the resources in your area. Go to your cancer center and find out if there's local resources for you. Um, a, Stonebrook is a wonderful example of the resource that we learned about at our cancer center. Um, and uh, we never would have met you had it okay. not been for you guys being there. Yeah. And um, it, it's been, it was a lifesaver for Joe during his treatment. Yeah. Uh, getting those massages and, and just kind of feeling like life was a little bit more normal right. during all of it. Right. Uh, but I would say check with your cancer centers, find out what resources are available, um, whatever kind of cancer you have. I think it's important for all of us to be the ones to remind others that there are screenings that have to be done. Yes. That there are uh, things that you cannot ignore and you have got to be your own best advocate. Um, no one's going to call you and say, hey, it's time for your colonoscopy. Right. Uh, right. No one's going to call you and say, hey, it's time for your mammogram. You right. have to know that at certain ages, you have to get these things done. And if you have yeah. a family history, you have to do it earlier. Right. Um, so I would just say, be, if you're if you're first walking into this, be very um, open to help. Uh, find out what resources are available around you. And then if you're, if you're in the middle of it or at the end of it, make sure you're paying it forward and you're telling everybody yeah. everywhere. We do that on our Facebook page. Hikestrong.com, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we just tell people every Friday. You know, if you haven't had your colonoscopy yet, get out there and do it. Yes. Sometimes we're not real nice about the way we tell you. <laughs> Straight and to the point. Get in there and get it done. Sometimes yeah. it's just you know it's important. I think, and it's yeah. important for for all of us mm -hmm. um, to be a support for other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, your cancer group is a huge support for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. And I think, didn't Joe get his colonoscopy because a friend got his and he did? Yes. yes. And that was his reason for going. He thought, oh, I might I might need to do that, too. So he'll he went and got his. And then here we are. So yeah. it's very, very important to educate yourself and make sure that, you know, when those screenings are due um, and get in and get them done. It's it, it's easier to do a screening than it is to battle cancer. So just just go do your screenings, people. Just just do it. Just do it. For heaven's sakes, just do it. Exactly. <clears throat> All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share about how what you and Joe walk through that might inspire somebody else? Anything uh, else you can think of? Uh, I can't think of anything else. I okay. think we covered most of it. Um, okay. We, you know, he's doing great. He's almost four years out. He still goes for CAT scans every six months, mm -hmm. um, and that will probably be the norm for quite a yes, while for him. for a while, yeah. Um, and uh, it's not the funnest time uh, when you have those scary those hands done. It's a uh -huh. scary time every six months. And we just hold our breath and pray. And, and and you know, so far, it, yeah. everyone's worked out, you know, to our yeah. advantage. So there is such a thing called scanxiety, which means you're having anxiety before your scan. And that's a real deal. And there is PTSD that's really real for um, people walking or who have walked through cancer because 
that's what that's your triggers. That's what happens when um, you get ready. I mean, I do it every I'm 15 years out and I still every time I go for my mammogram, it's like, are they going to take me right? Or are they going to take me left? Which way? You know, so um, it's a very real thing. So if you're experiencing that, know that it's a real thing. It's a real thing. <clears throat> All right. So the last question I always ask before we end the podcast is what is the one thing that you would advise or just a statement? What is the one thing that you would like to tell our audience um, about the experience that you went through? Um, I would tell our audience if you are 45 years old, <laughs> you need to make the call, do <laughs> the prep and get your colonoscopy. Yeah. I don't ever want to see anyone that I know Right. have to walk through this yeah um it is a, a terrible terrible thing to to have to go through yeah um and it has changed joe forever forever um unfortunately some to the negative um, mm -hmm. he's unable to work now and so that that would be my advice if yeah. you're doing your colonoscopy and you're 45 years old go do it now go do it now the prep is awful but it's not as bad as going through cancer so just That's right just go do the prep and get your colonoscopy done and get that screening. Because the, the most important thing, if you don't hear anything else we say today, early detection is key. And so when you do your screenings, your mammograms, your colonoscopies, your prostate blood work, um, it's easier to do the prep and do the screening than it is to fight cancer. So definitely get out there and get your screenings done. All right. Thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. Thank you for sharing a caregiver's um, perspective on walking through cancer. I think it's very important because our, we couldn't do it without our caregivers. They're a very important role um, when we walk through cancer. So I definitely couldn't do it without you. And thank God for your type A personality and your organizational skills. You're the most organized caregiver I have ever experienced. So that's why I had you on here to share some of your highlights so that that might help the other folks be organized as they walk through this with their loved ones. So well, thank for you, thank you, thank you, and uh, we'll see you again soon. All right, sounds good. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and if you did, make sure to share it and subscribe so you can receive all the new episodes as they are available. Also, I want to thank all of you that are supporters of the Stonebrook Project. If you would like to be a project partner or make a donation, please click on the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a review, share, and subscribe to your best friend. Have a great day.